When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And I and... moved my mic closer to my face this week. <laughs> it sounds nice. Thank you. So, we are finally, it is finally here. We're finally covering it. The Last Ronin, number five. Happy Last Ronin Day, everybody. Happy last Ronin Day. Feel You know, I was looking at it. Um, I was talking about these issues with uh, my coworker, and I was like, "I look, we collected these, started collecting these like almost two years ago." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um, looking through my notes; like, it's been so long that Mike, you and I weren't even on the show. I don't think when yeah, the exactly. first issue came out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Did we cover the first issue? Uh, well, I did with Brandon before. Oh you- man! Yeah, yeah. Back back in the early days of the podcast, where that's I was. Why I of, felt, that's why I felt so weird, like we never talked about it. But yeah, we yeah, it's yeah. been so long that we weren't on the show. Yeah, you're right. I was like scrambling, you know. I think it was after this issue, after we covered it. Uh, that's when he bowed out, and I was then scrambling for for I was because I had the goal of releasing like an episode every week, you know, and I, I still have that goal. But I was say like our current goal. <laughs> Yes, that's definitely the current goal. It doesn't always happen. Uh, you know, we, we take time off here and there. But nonetheless, I do the best I can to do that. So I had that goal. Hey, Keith, Keith and I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, I had that goal. And so I recorded episode of like my wife for one of them. I did. Uh, and then I did like the thankful one to kind of like buy time to like why are thankful for Ninja Turtles. And that's when you guys sent in recordings because I kind of found you then. So it was pretty hectic at that time. The podcast definitely had a rough start, but it's been pretty solid since then. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm I'm glad that you know not only did Last Ronin go on that journey, we also went on that journey. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wow, Last Ronin <laughs> issue five. It just it feels like so long ago that we found out. Like like I just said that, but <laughs> it feels like yeah. remember like I remember finding out about this comic like in like 2019. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I looked like, it up. It looks like the first issue came out in October of 2020. Yep. So cool. it's been a long time. It's funny because, well, first off, so like, you know, once again, like this book is what got me, gave me enough excitement and enough energy to create this podcast, you know, was the last run was coming out. And I wanted to cover mm-hmm. it as it came out on my show because I've been thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time. Um. So but, now you're ending the podcast. Now it's over. Is that correct? Um, yeah, great. <laughs> the, we could have talked about this not on the mics, man. 
We haven't even gotten to the 2000s. It's like showing up to work and finding out you're fired because yeah. the company closed. <laughs> we haven't even the gotten owner to... sold it. We haven't even gotten to the 2003 series yet. All right. All right. We, we've at least got to get there, you know, there hopefully you through the IDW series too, which is still going. So, you know, I mean, yeah, we got to get to rise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for, yeah, we got to get to rise. So don't worry. We're not going anywhere. There's a lot. I have no fear. We've got stories for years. Yes. <laughs> for all of you uh, Simpsons fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was funny because I remember when I first saw this announced, I remember reading in the Ultimate Collection, uh, Kevin Eastman talking about an untold story about a final turtle in his in his thing. And so the second I saw the ad for The Last Ronin and someone saying it was a final turtle, I was like, Oh my gosh, is he going to write that story? Is this what he's writing? And lo and behold, I was right. Uh, so I just wanted to let everyone know I was right. I made like a few posts on the internet that I thought this was what that was, and everyone ignored it. And if you uh, didn't do it on Twitter, it does not count, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I did it, I think, on Reddit, and I also believe I did it in a Facebook groups. So I didn't do it on Twitter, though. But you didn't do it in any Facebook go. group that I'm in. It was, it was also like, two years ago <laughs> yeah it may have been so who knows yeah either way though it is super exciting to have finally read this last book and it was satisfying it was a great conclusion overall i think it, yeah i think it definitely ended kind of how a lot of us expected it to i want to say mm-hmm. i know for me definitely yeah yeah like I, i've said but, in a couple books like it, it's We've heard this story before, but it's just so awesome. Like it's it's so well done. It's Ninja Turtles. It's so cool. Yeah, like it's like this isn't new territory, but I will say there were. I think specifically the epilogue is what I did not expect, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll talk about when we get there. Yeah. So uh, let me tell you a story. The ancient one did tell me a story. I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. So, The Last Ronin, number five. The story is by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom Waltz. Script by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Layouts, Kevin Eastman. Pencils and inks, Esau Nysikaskorsa. Ben Bishop and Kevin Eastman. Color assistants, Samuel Plata. Colors, Luis Antonio Delgado and Rhonda Patterson which is new to this one. She, I don't think she's been uh, done the colors on any of the other books before this one, uh, as far as The Last Ronin goes anyway. Definitely not the ongoing series. Letters are by Sean Lee. Edits by Bobby Curnow. So Michelangelo is in Master Splinter's room uh, arguing with the ghosts of his brothers. They goad him into finishing the mission but now Mikey has found family and he's doubting whether he wants to go through with this or not. But he chooses that he needs to go kill Hiroto. So in the city, after the power outage that was caused last issue, it's pandemonium. Uh, the rebellion seems to kind of somewhat be crumbling and kind of collapsing to mob mentality. Uh, everything is just turned into massive looting and burning. Uh, Casey is working on uh, organizing those that remain in the rebellion Uh, when one rebel tells her that the sewers are flooding from the power outage because the pumps have stopped working. 
Hiroto, uh, now in his towers, outraged at everything that's happening. He can't get a hold of Stockman. Everything's going to crap. He demands his armor. Back down in the sewers, Casey is looking around the lair for her mom and Mikey. She finds Splinter's journal just sitting out, laying on a table, and picks that up, and then finds April, who is trying to fix the pumps and get them running again. April lets her know that Mikey has left, and of course, Casey's very upset by this. She's supposed to be with him, and she ends up punching through bricks, uh, then confronts her mom about her being a mutant, you know, letting her know that uh, she's pretty sure she knows that she's different, and April uh, admits that it's true and that she is, in fact, uh, a mutant because she was affected by the mutagen and the turtles uh, with them being around her and Casey all the time. Uh, Casey leaves to go continue uh, helping fight Hiroto and solving the problems of the city. In Hiroto's tower, Mikey has infiltrated and set up explosives. He leaves a trail of dead foot behind him as he makes his way to Hiroto. The Foot Clan is a shell of its former self. It's not very hard for him to fight his way through all of them. Guarding the door to Hiroto is a massive soldier. Mikey fights and beats him. He's attacked by a massive robot, and he also defeats that. He now finally enters the door and faces Hiroto. The bombs have gone off, and uh, have, some of the bombs have gone off and have exploded in the building, and the whole thing is on fire around them. Hiroto rants about how much of a loser Mikey is because he doesn't really have like the bloodline and everything else that he has, that his family's this mismatched whatever of mutants and uh, talks about how great he is. And uh, then the battle begins. Uh, Hiroto has high-tech nanite armor that looks like a lot like Shredder's armor, but it moves like liquid and, you know, forms spikes and things for him to fight with. Uh Mikey is now trying to find a weak spot in this armor. And while he's doing that, more explosives go off. He and Hiroto are launched from the building. Casey is notified of it elsewhere in the city by some of the rebels and also learns that communication with her mother has been lost. Uh, the fall that Hiroto and Mikey have taken out of the building leaves a scratch on Hiroto's armor, uh, but it heals itself back up and they continue the fight now on a new rooftop. Back in the sewers, Casey goes to search for her mom, and so she goes diving down in the water to find her. Mikey is now trying to figure out a plan, and so he uh, tries one. He plants an explosive on Hiroto's hand. It explodes and leaves a brief opening in his armor. He uses it to stab Hiroto's hand with Raphael's sigh. Uh, however, the armor seals up and also seals up the wound with it. Then more explosives go off in Hiroto's tower. And the whole thing just comes crashing down. Hiroto is now distracted by this. And so Mikey takes advantage of it and knocks him from the roof. Mikey quickly follows through with a strike from Leo's sword and runs it through Hiroto's stomach. On his knees, Hiroto yields. Mikey lets him know that, he won't, that uh, Hiroto won't be leaving this with his life, that this must come to an end. While Mikey's guard is down, Hiroto strikes uh, underhandedly. Mikey smacks him across the face with Don's bow to get him to back off and get some distance. He then retreats to the sewers. Back with Casey now, she has found April working on the pumps underwater in a dive suit. Hiroto follows Mikey now into the sewers, and they fight just as Mikey is about to land a blow, though. 
April repairs the pumps and the water moves rapidly and shoves Mikey and Hiroto out of the sewers and outside of the city. April and Casey get out of the water and Casey runs off to help her master. Or sensei, I should say. April has, I mean, not April. Oh yeah, sorry. She's able to find Mikey because April has implanted a tracking device in him. And so she's now following that signal to find him. Mikey has Hiroto by the throat. Hiroto gives one last ditch effort to resist him by shooting off out, shooting out an electrical shock that uh, seems to shock both of them very heavily. When it's over, Hiroto floats up from under the water, face down, dead, and Mikey washes up on the shore. Casey finds him in his last moments of life. He explains that he left the book for her to learn and then passes away. He wakes up in bed with his brothers waking him up. They're teens again, and he gets up and goes for a training run with them. They meet up with Casey and Splinter on a rooftop and watch the sun rise. The end. But then there's an epilogue. April is working on some machine, and Casey uh, talks to four turtles in a terrarium with a bunch of stuff hooked up to it. Hurry up and grow already, she tells them. I have so much to teach you. And the final words are, to be continued. Bum, bum, bum. Riveting. Riveting. Yeah, it's it was really good. It was as epic as it needed to be. And yeah, that, that epilogue, I think, caught a lot of people by surprise. I know it caught me by surprise because the page says the end and I almost just closed the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it definitely that yeah, that epilogue just kind of definitely came out of nowhere because I did the same thing where like I almost stopped reading and then I was like, oh wait, there's another there is another. Nice. I'm ready to reference. dive into this second time around style of feel. I think so. Hey, nice junk. All right. So the first thing that I noticed was a little Easter egg. So if you remember when Tom Waltz did his interview in our podcast, he mentioned that he really liked Lord of the Rings. So before, I think it was a line of dialogue from him when Honeycutt says, you shall not pass. In this one, Mikey says to his brothers, leave now and never come back. Yeah. Which yep. is a line Which from Paul. Is... Awesome. Yeah. And I pick up on that. So... I mean, I do because I used to play around trying to do a golem voice all the time. <laughs> it was good. I, I, you're clearly well versed and practiced. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Def- I, yeah, I transitioned to it for a second, there, but <laughs> I have fun. I noticed, and in, in Michelangelo kind of calls this out, but they fight at the corner of Bleaker and Sullivan, mm-hmm. which is where mm-hmm. the second time around was a couple issues ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when he when he said it was hollow to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Such a cool line. And then uh on top of that, there's a whole parallel with issue one when Michelangelo stabs Hiroto through with Leo's sword. Because issue one of Ninja Turtles, they run Shredder through the stomach with a sword, and then he cheap shots them by pulling out the grenade after they give him the option to end his life, essentially. And yeah. so then after that, Hiroto does an underhanded uh, strike at, Raph- at Michelangelo, and very much like that that issue one scene. Typical Roku's man. 
Mm-hmm. Can't trust them. Liars. Deceivers. <laughs> Another kind of d- detail that I don't know if it's like super intentional and supposed to be pointing at it, but I'm going to say it is. The black skull, like on the face of like Hiroto's like shredder armor, is kind of shaped like the foot symbol that like came with the 2003 series and like volume four of Ninja Turtles, just upside Does down. It? Huh. That, like dragon claw thing. Yeah, it's like a dragon claw thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but to me, it did look that way, especially in well, some. From nobody some... draws anything accidentally, so. Yeah. I like that mask, man. I know we're not on what I love yet, but I thought that mask looked really cool. It does. No, in, in my in my intro to poetry class that I took in when I was in college, you know, so therefore I'm an expert in poetry. Yeah. Uh, my yes. poetry professor told us that uh, if just always give the writer the benefit of the doubt, if you're not sure whether they meant it or not, just assume that they did. <laughs> there you go. They're like whatever they were doing. So. We're just going to say they meant to do that as a 2003 uh, Foot Clan symbol. The, <laughs> the Neo Foot Clan symbol, I should call it. Love it. Um, so obviously, you know, this is very heavily influenced by Dark Knight Returns. And there's a very like famous fight scene that happens in a mud pit. And this issue ends in a mud pit, uh-huh. which is pretty cool. But also, like, if you remember back in issue one, the whole story started with Mike going into that same mud pit to get to Hiroto's place. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's when they come full circle, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's the whole full circle thing. Yeah. That's way cool. I didn't realize that until now. Um, um, on the last page, there is a TCRI canister. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cool shout out. And uh, I, the last one I have, because it took me a minute to figure out like what Michelangelo was writing in there in the journal. He writes no piece, K-N-O-W. But if you remember back in like, it was issue two. Yes. Splinter's last message was no peace and no peace. So well, it was, it was Michelangelo's it. last message that he wrote in it at the very end of the book uh, was no peace. Mm. So it was okay. no peace. So it was Michelangelo that wrote that. And then now he cha- he added the KNW. Uh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool through line that is something else that's, you know, really cool that almost sounds like we're talking about anchovies, but, you know. The, the, the cool, neat little details in here are, are really cool. <laughs> uh, Casey's yellow, like, jersey she's wearing at the end, jersey-looking shirt, is very reminiscent of April's from the 2012 series. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, uh, think it's, I think it was the same number, too. Number five. Is it, oh, yeah, because for, like, the fifth turtle. Which also is what the color of Jenica's mask with yellow as well, and she's the fifth turtle, which is kind of interesting. Yep. Nothing's drawn by mistake. Mm-mm um that's i think i mean pretty much more than anything yeah. like there's just the whole detail of the four turtles that it looks like they're trying to make new mutants of here at the end which makes me wonder in the say to be continued so i'm kind of wondering if maybe we're going to get the origin story of these turtles filled out in the next book with her as the sensei of these turtles reading splinter's journal or them reading. Well, now it. you're just going into speculation. Territory. I'm going into speculation. I mean, I'm <laughs> like that's kind of this but, is but, kind but, of cool. Yeah. But yeah, but it is, but it is, it is really cool. And like, I, I like how it implies that. I mean, like it, it could continue, but also like if that were the ending, like it's a very sweet ending. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as, as far as like little Easter eggs, like this issue moves moves so fast. Like there wasn't a whole lot of time to like look at other little things other than like surface level stuff. Like we talked about like April shirt and, uh, or Kate, Casey Marie's shirt being April shirt um, and stuff like that. Like I didn't really notice any other Easter eggs. Yeah. And also I think in other issues, like Ben Bishop has had more pages to work with. He only really has like a two page spread in this. And he's usually the one that's fitting in all these little Easter eggs. And yeah. Such. So yeah. And yeah, you're right. It just goes, it goes so quick. And so much of it is just a uh, Hiroto and Michelangelo fighting. There's not a lot of Easter eggs really. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no like Zach in the resistance kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Or Kino. Yeah. April does a uh, name that tank they have the battle wagon. Which I guess mm-hmm. is kind of like the party wagon, but you well, know, I mean, there's half, half battle shell, half, half party battle shell, half battle party wagon. Oh yeah, the battle wagon. There you go. It's like I can't believe you for, can't believe you forgot about the battle shell. I mean, I didn't think about like mashing the two together. I was just like battle wagon. Okay. Well, I think we so. talked about it last time. Was that it looks like the battle shell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty neat that they called it the the battle wagon, which I. I don't know. For me, I, I always really appreciate those moments when they uh, when they make callbacks to more than just like the '87 series or the '90s movie, and we just want to get to like mix things together, you know, and be like, yes, this whole thing is an entire franchise. There's more than just these things that sure are the most popular, but there's more than that, and we're gonna go ahead and include that stuff. So yeah, doing that is is really neat. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's always more fun when Turtles is a melting pot. It's like. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool ideas spread across all the different versions. Like use all of it. Yeah. And then add some more too. you know, add and your then add some more to it. Put your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Add your new characters, your new concepts, and those can be used in future versions as well. And those can get mixed together, you know? Exactly. Well then that's uh that's all I really got for Easter eggs. I don't know about That's you. all I really got for Easter eggs. And comments. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll talk about anchovies then. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend low. So I'm not really sure how to feel about the epilogue. Like, I get from a writing standpoint why they're doing it. it makes sense. Like, you know, or continuing the legacy. It's kind of neat. But like, more from like, I don't know, just the weird... Uh, moral implications of like april and in casey marie of like creating new mutants it just kind of seems like it kind of seemed like a weird thing for them just to do to me it is kind of like why Mm -hmm. right like like i I keep asking why like why are they creating more like what's what's the point (laughs) well i think i i mean i think what april you know specifically says like how their family um Hiroto kind of touched on it too when when he said there's no bloodline mm-hmm. for Mikey you know he's he's the end of a non-bloodline or or some something to that effect and Mikey's like no it's the mutagen that runs through our blood and mm-hmm. so this is kind of April and Casey Marie keeping the quote-unquote bloodline alive by just basically making more turtles with the mutagen and then teaching them what they know. Yeah, like, and I, I can see that, but at the same time, it's kind of like couldn't. I mean, it it is animal experimentation. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like yeah. they are very much <laughs> playing God here. 
They only right. stole an old man's blood, extracted the mutagen from it, and are going to use it on little baby turtles. There's no, oh, that's no right. weirdness. From that's it. right. It was it was Mikey's blood. I forgot. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, they're they're kind of ensuring the legacy because, like, the turtles, you know, have proven that they do deserve to live. You know, mm. they 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 do have a place in the world. Uh, so, I I I I like it because it is like honoring their memory you know, kind of going off. Yeah. I kind of it, thought it was just, it was kind of, kind of another layer of icing, you know, like if, if you're like me and almost closed the book right when it said the end, like it, it would have been fine, but that's just like another, didn't really add or take away. You know, there was already yeah, because like, sugar in that cake. But it, 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 feels, it feels like when you get to that point that uh, the book is done, because like comic books are usually so packed with ads towards the end mm-hmm. that it's like it, it kind of like as I was turning the page, I was like, OK, I'm kind of like, you know, you kind of look to the side of the book and you're like, how much more do I have? All right, it's probably ads. And uh, I think the epilogue is four pages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, three or four, three, about three or four pages with like three more pages of ads at the end. So I'm not wrong, but it's like it felt <laughs> it felt a little weird. Um, this is going to sound a little hypocritical, uh, based on what I've said in past or past episodes about last running, but I kind of missed Kevin Eastman's art (laughs) in this. I did too. Yeah. He didn't have a page. Like he didn't, yeah, he didn't have any page. I mean, granted there wasn't any room for a flashback, Mm -mm. but it would have, I think it would have been sweet if. Like I know Ben Bishop like got gets to do those uh pages where where it's like the modern kind of turtles. Mm-hmm. But like I kind of wish like they'd found a way to work Kevin in somehow. Yeah, I agree. He is listed as a penciler. But like where? Weird. But yeah, I, I don't know where that would be. Um yeah, I thought it was weird too, but yeah, well, if it, well, as a penciler and stuff, like he mostly, especially in a lot of these, I think he pretty much laid out the whole book. And then they'd kind of do their art over his layouts because well well because they, they usually say layout artist. Yeah, he's listed as both layouts and a pencil slash oh. inks. So maybe maybe he did inks. I don't know. But um I, I guess he wasn't in the first issue either. So I guess from like a book ending perspective, it makes sense. But yeah, Mike, I'm with you. I, I would have liked at least like one page that was like Kevin Eastman's art in the like even the if, even book, if he had know? drawn like the four turtles that Casey, Casey, Mary, and April are mutating. Like that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um. So we kind of touched on it, but the, I think the rapid pace that this book moves at. Uh, I think, I, I've seen this reaction a lot online uh, today. Granted, we're recording this the day this book came out. Like, yeah, it's probably our quickest turnaround ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I bought it on my lunch, read it when I got home. Spencer bought it after work, read it, and then prepped his whole his read-through. Yeah. Keith is the only one who got to luxuriously read it. Yeah, I took a long lunch. <laughs> um, and so, so between, like, the three of us, like, we didn't get a whole lot of time to kind of digest 
digest it and i've already forgotten what my point was that i was trying you're talking trying about the rapid make. pace of this which is the kind rapid of pacing of the, <laughs> of the book it, it it goes by very quickly and uh like keith and i said like this is this isn't a new story it's it's a new flavor for turtles mm-hmm. that being said it kind of does feel a little generic like because we've seen we've seen the mud pit fight before like almost almost verbatim we saw it in dark knight returns and granted this is the turtles version of dark knight returns but it just it felt so like copy paste Hmm. that it it i was just kind of like okay like i get it 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 um it's it's not a bad fight i'm like i want to preface that it's not a bad fight the art is fantastic Mm -hmm. um and the book does move very quickly um but it 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 just it just feels like i think a lot of people hyped it up to be different and when they kind of got what they got a lot of people are kind of like but you know it's it's the internet they're gonna Oh yeah, the people on Reddit will never be satisfied. Exactly. I, you know, it's kind of a, it's almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't with the pace, because like it is very fast. Oh yeah. But also, had this been, you know, six, eight, twelve issues, it would have been too slow. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, I feel like there was some stuff that was cut. Like, I think if this was a six issue miniseries, that would have been a perfect pace. You're probably right. I. I feel like there was some supposed to be some more stuff with like Karai and the Ravens because like they, they introduced those robot Ravens and like two panels later they're all defeated and we've been seeing well, those Ravens this entire time. He's had Karai this entire time and he just like kills her real quick for seemingly yeah. no reason. You know, like it, I didn't want like there was more there. I don't know where to put that exactly. Guy. Like I yeah. I like how shocking that was, mm-hmm. but also I'm kind of like. I'm kind of bummed he killed Karai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's brutal um, how he does it, mm. but uh, but yeah, it uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm 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 not 100 sure on how to feel about everything about it. I think I needed to re- I need to read it again. I need to, I need to read all five issues. Yeah. To kind of um, to kind of absorb everything but like as it is i think it's a very satisfactory ending i do too mm-hmm. and you know and there's I had not a, there's there's not a lot i don't like about this mm-hmm. issue at first i had an anchovy that was like why was casey marie even in this book she's not like involved in the final fight but like i yeah. actually kind of like the fact that she's off doing her own thing mm-hmm. um and it just leaves mike and and the new shredder to fight it's pretty cool yeah Man. like it's yeah <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to say like it, it, it is very like it, casey marie doesn't really have much to do in this issue as and mm-hmm. and it's kind of disappointing because you know the covers of like this one and then the retail exclusive one by kevin like are very dark knight returns style where it's like you know that famous dark knight returns where it's batman and carrie kelly robin like mm-hmm. jumping up against the lightning, like it's the same thing, but it's like Casey, and then Casey Marie puts on her mask, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, like it's it's happening, it's happening, and then she spends the whole issue looking for April. 
which is especially weird because she was with April in the beginning. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, that that part was really kind of disappointing. Yeah. Because like, like, yeah, granted, oh, it's their fight. He's got to finish the fight. Oh, it's their, it's their, it's, you know, I, I get it. But I think we, I think we had kind of gotten to that point where like Mikey and like Mikey has where he tells all the, the turtles, like the other three to go away and leave them alone forever. Like he does that. And so Mikey's alone. And so I think it would have been a really strong, like a strong message. If Casey Maria jumped in and was like, Hey, you're my family. Like, and I'm here for you. And so like Mikey kind of realizing he, you know, kind of pushed everybody, pushed his old family away to get his new family. And so because Mikey dies, he never gets the new family. But he knows peace. Like he knows peace. <laughs> sure. But like, you know, to him, he doesn't, he, I mean, as far as he knows, the bloodline's dead. Like his family is dead. Like he, like he sees Casey Marie at the end, talks to her real quick, gives her, gives her the splinter book. But like, it, it's, that wasn't super satisfying. Kind of an anchovy, kind of an I love. Um, I know Tom Waltz has said that he wants to do more work in this universe, or at least implied that. I would have liked to have gotten an answer as to why, like, the truce was ever broken with Karai and the Foot Clan in the first place. And we haven't had that answer in this story, but it also leaves me wanting more, which is a good thing. That's the sign of a good story, right? So, yeah. And so hopefully, that, of, hopefully that does get answered, because that, that's a huge question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, another, well, for me, my, my other, I guess my final, like, teeniest, tiniest anchovy is I just really wanted Casey Marie to, like, get the code name Shadow at some point. Yeah, that was yeah, a huge, yeah. huge missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I just that wanted that, just that tiny little thing, but it never happened. It's, it's really not that big a deal. Like, when she puts her mask on, she could have said, Mom, call me Shadow. Like, ah. Yeah, I don't know. Because they were using, sorry, they they were using code names, right? Like uh, with 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 other with other people, like they said, Rock Bottom is reporting in or something. Yeah. Well, Rock Bottom is the the location. Was it, was it the location? I couldn't tell if it was the location or if it was somebody. Yeah, it's, still, it's like still. Yeah, I think like, other I think other characters had code names though. Yeah, like everyone in her crew had names like mm -hmm. like Tough Nut and things like that. You know, that's whatever. right. That's right. So it's like. Yeah. It was the perfect opportunity to call her Shadow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that, you know, that that never came up. I kind of wanted it to. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's whatever. You know, it just seemed like one of those things where it's like you could probably include calling her Shadow if you're going to include Bleecker Street. But, yeah, you know. It's not, it's not only nothing. But, you know. <laughs> like I said, it's a it doesn't really affect the story that much it it doesn't it's just it just it's a bummer easter egg that's like perfectly set up mm. and maybe they did it to subvert our expectations because we did expect that yeah true well yeah. and we, she could get that name if they continue this you know she could become the shadow or something like that or shadow yeah maybe shadow shadow jones is an amazing name it sounds super cool right like, only only casey jones would actually think it was a genuinely good idea to name their child that 
but <laughs> and, and I'm glad he did because I genuinely am for it. It's it's a very cool sounding name. It is. Yeah, that's probably another thing that puts this book outside the Mirage continuity, right? Is that Shadow Jones doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah. I want to know if Shadow in the comics, like in, in like, you know, in the original outline was actually going to be Casey Marie. I'm kind of curious. Hmm. I really want that original outline. I want to know what the original plan was. I want to, I, I just want to know the behind the scenes. That's all I want. Yep. <laughs> Same, man. I'm, I'm going to show out for that super extra deluxe multi-hundred-dollar hardcover. I want everything. <laughs> All the bells and whistles, everything. It, anytime, you know, like Ben and Bishop sat at, at a bar with a cocktail napkin and just like drew a mouser on it, I want that. <laughs> I do want that. Anytime Ben Bishop is doodled on a piece of disposable paper, I want that. <laughs> I mean, and shout out to the Scorza brothers too. Like the art in here was fantastic. Oh, they knock it out, man. Well, I think we, I think we moved in. I love being a turtle now. Right? Yeah, let's, let's, oh, let's okay, officially cool. do. Let's it, officially yeah. do that. Oh, I love being a turtle. Okay, so the Scorza brothers definitely <laughs> knocked it out of the park. Like the yard in this issue is fantastic. Ben Bishop's uh, flashback dream sequence at the end uh, is just beautiful. Like the the lighting in it, the um the tone just ah uh, it, it's it's really really good yeah no it's definitely perfect in my opinion and for me i actually really like fast-paced books especially when it is like an action one like this because it's it's just got that feeling of like i don't know that goes like it's just great for fight scenes especially a massive fight scene like this that like it's just like hard hitting like I know I really like that fast paced thing. For me, it kind of builds like up the energy as you're. I think reading. I want to. I want to. I want to reclarify. Like I, I don't hate fast paced books, mm. but like Keith and I were saying, like it, it kind of needed an a like a middle issue between four and five. Yeah, like, I don't this, know. This, if this had been a six issue series to kind of give us that last big breather before we go into the final battle, and the final battle is just this book. I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe if it was a little longer, if we had a couple more pages, maybe not a full book, but instead of like, how many pages is this? Just take out those ads in the back and give us some more of the scores. Yeah, exactly. Drawing a fight scene. Heck yeah. But I don't know. For me, I really liked it. I I actually, it was the right amount of of fighting and everything for me. I really liked it. And, uh, yeah, just just overall, like it to me, it really did hit strong emotionally, especially after Mikey dies. And yeah, you have that like scene with Ben Bishop where he's with his family again. Yeah, um, that was a good a good strong uh, emotional beat that they hit that I feel like was the perfect ending note. Yeah, I really like the all the way here as you were going. Sorry, I have a cold. <laughs> I know. I have, I have a it was just funny because like, like I was just listening to your voice just descend. It descends, yeah. Well, I also normally talk that way anyway. So I really I'm looking at all the variant covers um, at the end, and I really like the Kevin Eastman Studios one where he did like the original big shredder pose, but it's Hiroto. Oh yeah. Oh, that's killer. That's sick. I you know 
some Kevin Eastman designs I think are like a little over the top and like over designed. They just have like too many like lines and squiggles and stuff on them. Mm. But the the like nanobot shredder looks so good. It's like so sleek and clean. And yeah. That mask is awesome. It's it's so cool. It's not like too Kevin Eastman, but it's still like clearly his design, you know. I love it. I'm looking at his website right now to see if it's available. I think it might be a fan club exclusive. We'll have to see. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's a lot of retailer exclusive or a lot of lot of lot of ex- uh, variant covers. Yeah, this time around. that's that's been a theme with this book. Yeah, it, it is, and it is. I don't know if it's annoying, but it is very like it, it's kind of distracting how many different ones there are because like you feel like you kind of have to get them all and this is and this is part of the problem with comics in general yeah but uh okay so it is not currently available at least not the one that they showed there's a different cover that's available hmm yeah going back in into like inside the book though I love the scene after Michelangelo has entered the tower and he's like, and it's just like going through the tower and you're just like following the bodies of the foot as he's monologuing. Yeah. Like that one is like super cool. Cause like, yes, it, it hits, it hits different. Cause like, I do love seeing like some great action and some fighting, but like, I feel like it did a lot of good just like going straight to just like seeing all their bodies as it's going up the tower, uh, you know, it's going up the tower. I thought it was yeah, very... like that stuff was was really cool watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that as a as an I love as well. It's man, he murders the crap out of some foot soldiers too. He does. <laughs> it's he, a lot of bodies on the way up there. So many guys. I love his up. like. I love his narration too because like they've gotten soft because they're so used to having all these robots around. Yeah, they don't have they don't have the will, but I still have the will, and just dead body like up the stairs and over the railing and crap oh man it's so cool it almost has like this like almost like reverent like feel to it i guess is maybe what does it like it does kind of almost bring this idea of tragedy along with it you know of like how far the foot has fallen kind of thing like it doesn't there's not the same honor and everything that used to be in this clan it's it's the shell of what it was before uh so i i really liked it I really enjoyed the like uh, I, I like the metaphor that like mutagen is their bloodline because i think we've talked before about like are the turtles blood related or not mm-hmm. blood related i, I like that idea like the thing that they kind of connect to is the mutagen in their blood and then you know april and casey might have some mutagen in their blood it sounds like same with casey marie so that kind of makes them the whole family mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful in its own way yeah, well, because I've always seen like people ask questions on the internet of like, are the turtles like blood related? Are they not? And I'm like, does it matter? You know, like they're at the end well, of yeah, the day, like, yeah, that's kinda, that's a yeah. The fandom like generally assumes that they're all blood related, and so it's like when you get things like next mutation or rise where they like flat out say they're not, but even in, then in rise they were they were actually blood related, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I, I think Rise is actually the only one that confirms like blood brothers. Yeah, but but to me, 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. It's all about the fact yeah. that they've found each other and have become a family, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I just don't ever see there like needing, needing to be an emphasis on that, but like it really works well with this mutagen thing because it it's a through point for that theme of like, this is a family of people that have just like come together, you know, they found each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really like that a lot. 100%. Um, I also really like the robot that Mikey fights that looks like it came it like was, out of an anime. It was, no, it was very layered. Yeah. Like cool. it, it was very late. Like I got big city at war vibes from it. Um, the big one with the wings. Yeah. Yeah. The tank, the tank with wings. He yeah. describes it. Um, yeah. It, it really felt like something that Peter Laird had designed. Yeah. No, definitely. It definitely has his influence. Like now that I'm looking at it again, but I think there's a bit, a bit of other influence and stuff, of course, then there too, as you know, as a different artist or interpreting yeah. it. But uh, I also like even just before the nanite armor like becomes like the nanite liquid armor, like how there's like that kind of like Tron looking suit he has on. I, I love I love that Tron suit. I was kind of hoping that would be the 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 shredder suit because like his mask comes over his face and it's still like the Tron suit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And then he jumps out the window and it's like the liquid metal. I was like, ah, it's 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 still cool, but. <laughs> I, it needed the 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 lines made really made it cool because I because even I was like it's really bold of them to put the villain in like a off white ninja suit like mm-hmm. not e- and it's like not even like Storm Shadow from GI Joe off white it's like that it's it's like it's a off white Tron suit like you mm-hmm. said so it's like it immediately you know like your mind is like this doesn't look cool but then all of a sudden it does look cool the more you look at it i don't know so cool and i it's a good book it is like i just love i love the massive fight scene the massive set pieces of having like the flames then falling and crashing into the water tower um because for some reason crashing into water towers also feels very ninja turtles um it's just another thing yeah, I really, I really like you know when Hirodo saw his building exploding, uh-huh. like it behind him, and he's just enough. Yeah, and it distracts him just enough. Like that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just yeah, like the, the fight scene, in my opinion, like the whole thing is so epic, and it just like moves all throughout. You know, from one building to another, and then down to the street, and then down to the sewers, and then out of the city you know where they finish their fight like there's so much yeah going on uh that it's it's really epic it's super big and for me it wasn't like you know a disappointment at all i loved how massive it was um no i mean like i said i want to preface it again i liked the fight scene like it's great i really like the part when they're in the sewer and uh the hirota's like you would be a coward who would run and hide. And Michael jumps out, shirt off, nunchucks out. Like, who's hiding? Yeah, <laughs> so good. Oh man. Oh, this book's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super epic. Um, just just the whole way. I love how he uses like each of his brother's weapons, and you know, it's kind of just like you know, Donatello sends his guards kind of thing when he smacks him in the face with the bow, and you know, here's something. Yeah, laugh Leo says hi. Yeah. You know, when he uses their weapons to, to help him defeat him. Uh, it's, yeah. 
just another one of those, like, I guess, uh, you know, emotional beats there, you know, his family's with him kind of thing. No, it's, I mean, it's definitely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm out of official notes, but I feel like I could stay here all night and just talk about how good this <laughs> book was. I, I'm really I, excited I to like read the whole thing again. I know, know I, I definitely am. So like, I guess the question is, is like, do I wait until the hardcover comes out or do I just reread my books again that I already have? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> There you go. Um, are we ready to move on to news? Or do we want to? I think final thoughts well, on this. Yeah, let's do our final thoughts. Um, so final thoughts, I as for last Ronin as a whole. I think it. I think it definitely started off. I don't think it started off strong. I think it definitely hit its point at the second and third issue. Like I think Raph's death, I think, uh, and then Leo and Casey, and then definitely like, I had my issues with the Donnie and Splinter deaths, uh, in issue four, mm-hmm. but I think, I think overall the book was great. Mm. Yeah, I I really I really love it. Um, for me, I enjoyed the whole thing. It it really the whole thing really really worked for me uh it kind of hit everything that, that i'd wanted to in this story even though i've read the dark knight returns and stuff this still felt fresh to me uh even you know it did tread some of the same ground and use some of the same set pieces but told a completely different story and with and specifically with this turtle uh and so for me it worked out really well um my i guess my my final i guess complaint for the whole series is there's a few moments where I guess it did feel like mostly with dialogue, I guess, where kind of like they'd use dialogue from either previous movies or things like that, or even just from other, from things outside of Ninja Turtles that like, those are, those are fun, you know, here and there, but at the same time, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I want, I don't want too much of that. Like, I feel like a lot of Casey's dialogue, for example, way back was like a lot of like rehashing mm-hmm. stuff he'd said in previous movies. Um, it's a, It was a little distracting. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, I kind of want new iconic lines. Like, yeah, those lines are, are like iconic. A lot of people quote them, you know, all the time across the internet. They're fun. But at the same time, like, I want to see new iconic stuff from this mm-hmm. character. Um, and so, like, there, there's a few moments that I got where there was that. I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot of issues outside of, I guess, of Casey, mostly because he didn't get a whole lot of time out there. You know, there. having said that, there are still new iconic lines of dialogue that we've brought up and everything else um, in these books that I've really, really enjoyed. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, like I said, overall, I, I really love these books. Yeah. I guess for me, like my biggest complaint this entire time has been just like the amount of time between issues. Mm. I think the last issue came out in like what September? Like it's been like yeah over half a year. So now I finally have all five. I'm like I'm ready to sit down and read the whole thing front to back. You know? Yeah. I I, I have to disagree. I think this series came out swinging. Like I I read the first issue again pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Man, it's good. And then like I like the way the second, third, and fourth are paced, where it's like. It's kind of a turducken of a story with flashbacks and everything. And then the finale now, I'm, I'm ready to reread the whole thing. Maybe yeah. tonight. We'll see. It's been a treat for me because I pretty much like 
it was, I think it was Sunday was like four days, but we'll five, you know, the five days before this issue came out pretty much. I read an issue every day before this came out uh, to get ready for this book. And it was, it's been very enjoyable. It was a very fun ride uh, that I've really, really liked. Yeah. I like that they brought in Fugitoid and Baxter, but I also think that's one of the things that would kind of make me hesitate on recommending this to someone who wasn't into Ninja Turtles already because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have that background, you know. But other than that, I think anyone can jump on on this story. Well, yeah, like I think we talked about it like this. This book is not a good thing for a first time turtle fan to read. Mm-hmm. Like it requires a lot of knowledge. And granted, like everything is explained to you, but it's like you don't get the significance of Baxter. You don't get the yeah. significance of Fugitoid. I mean, it requires like, it requires having watched a series outside of the '87 series and watched movies <laughs> outside of the 1990 movie. Yeah, which is apparently I mean, like, a lot to ask can... for some turtle. Fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, which is a big but, ask for a lot of turtle fans. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it it kind of does fit anywhere though. Like this could eat like you could even say like, oh, this is this is in a dark version of the 2012 timeline. Like it doesn't line up a hundred percent, but it's like, you know, you, you know, who Baxter and Fugitoid and um, Baxter Fugitoid and uh, da, 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 Cry are. Mm-hmm. And you know enough of the 2003 series. No, uh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. I just yeah. picked 2012 um, as an extreme. Cause like, yeah, yeah, like this could fit in 2003 because that, you know, it's closely tied to Mirage. This could fit in Mirage. This could fit in IDW. Like there's, it's a good, it's a good kind of like very sweet thing to have after you've tried other turtles. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, yeah. As a whole. Yeah. Definitely loved it. Um, yeah. I'm changing, I'm changing it to love it. I said, I liked it. I love it now. Um, <laughs> I definitely want, I, I want to reread it again. Um, like I said, I just don't know if I'm going to do it as, a bunch of single issues or if I'm going to do it um, in the hardcover that comes out. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So at it. least one hardcover has been announced, right? Do we know so any... one hardcover has been announced. Um, that is going to be reprinting all five issues and one deluxe hardcover. Uh, it is currently slated for July. Um, and I think we talked about it last week where you could pre-order at Barnes and Noble with using mm-hmm. pre-order discount code. I think that is over right now. Yeah, I think it was a pretty short window. So I think I so you so you can't do it anymore. I actually wound up just pre-ordering it at my comic book store. Um, so there you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, are we ready to hurry and uh, get some news done then? I think so. Um, so who who wants to go first? This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. All right. What? Uh, was a beautiful. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, let's see. I'm going to start with some toy news. Uh, NECA just the other day uh, officially announced their new what TMNT crossed with Universal Monsters toy. It's April O'Neil as the Bride of Frankenstein, and specifically, it's Judith Hogue as April O'Neil as the Bride of Frankenstein. Such a great reveal. We we kind of already, I mean, we already knew that April was going to be the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, like who else would it be? 
really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> specifically, it also said like said so on one of the on one of the checklists they put out. Oh. But I think what everybody didn't know, we all kind of assumed it. Most of us, like the toy collectors, most of us kind of assumed Judith was going to be involved in it. Um, but they did uh, announce this past Turtle Tuesday that uh, it is, in fact, Judith as the Bride of Frankenstein. Cool stuff. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. I like, I'm, I'm into this line so far. I haven't pre-ordered. Mikey's actually not up for pre-order yet, so I have, I have Raph with me now, right next to my desk here. Uh, Leo is scheduled for later this year. Mikey, uh, I think, is not pre-orderable yet. He might be. I need to double check. Um, and then April just got announced, but is not up for pre-order yet as of this recording. Cool. cool. But I think they're cool, you know? And so we know there's one more figure in the line. Donnie as... So well, we don't know We don't know if it's Donnie, um, but... And Shredder as... You got, you, got three tur- you got three turtles in April. Come on. Casey Jones as... Something, yeah. I mean, like, it makes sense. Like, you have you could have Shredder as Dracula. You could have Donnie as Dracula. I think it's... I think it would be really cool if it was Casey as Van Helsing. Because they have Elias Codius's likeness rights now. So if they did Judith as April, I think Elias is uh, Casey as Van Helsing. I think that would be really cool. And Donatello can be the monster from the Black Lagoon. Then what's Splinter? I guess Splinter's already basically a monster, right? I mean, but, you know, that's easy. Wolfman. (laughs) Oh, there we go. You heard it here first, folks. So that's my official... That's my official guesses for what, what the next figures are going to be. It's going to be Casey's Van Helsing, Donatello is the creature from the Black Lagoon, Splinter as the Wolfman, and Shredder as Dracula. I'm writing this down. Please do. I'm going, to, I'm going to forget as soon as, Splinter <laughs> as, soon as we, as as soon as we go to the next one. And Shredder as what? Uh, Dracula. As Dracula. How would that work, man? That mask covers his fangs. You know what? NECA will make it work. Okay. All right. Okie doke. Well, in uh, the world of comic books, uh, we have the next issue of uh, the ongoing series, issue number 128, coming out the day after this podcast releases, so the 4th of May. Uh, and oh, Wow, what a May the 4th be with you, gift. Yeah. What a... What a great, yeah, for May the 4th be with you gift that would be. <laughs> but yeah, so this is going to be the first issue where Jenica, or not. So this is going to be the first issue where Venus does something. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> we know she woke up at the end or she was activated at the end of the last issue. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And then that weekend is free comic book day. And there's a Armageddon game tie-in coming out with that. So. Yeah, so IDW Turtles uh, is really cool where they their free comic book day issues are usually story ones, like not just advertisements like most free comic book day comics are. Like these are actual like tie-ins to whatever the story is at the time. Mm. So definitely worth picking up. And this is, I mean, this is just uh, speculation. It's not news. But it's looking like Armageddon games will probably officially begin in about three more issues. 
like there's a cover that's just completely white hmm. um, for the final one that I can see written by Sophie Campbell. And then there's no others that have been announced. Uh, either that or that's just when that issue's coming out and they don't have a cover for it yet. And I could just be talking out my butt, but. Talking out your butt, but. Talking out my butt, but. Everything's funnier when you say it twice, especially. It, it is, yeah. like butt, My butt, but. So, uh, but yeah, so that is, uh, so next week is free comic book, or the week this comes out, this weekend, as we record. <laughs> or if you're way in the future, like a month ago. Exactly. <laughs> No, that's not how that works. I don't know. After this episode comes out, go to your local comic book store and ask them when free comic book day is because it should be the weekend after this episode comes out. Yeah, it's May 7th. There you go. May the 7th be with you. <laughs> All, right. All right. And the big also, news. The other thing I do want to say is this comes out a couple days before May 5th, which is the anniversary of Ninja Turtles. Ooh. Yeah. May the 5th be with you. Yeah. May the 5th, it is a very important day for Ninja Turtles fans. It's the day that issue one dropped uh, for the very first time. So That's awesome. I can't believe it. That's almost 40 years ago. Yeah, they've been teenagers this whole time. Mm-hmm. I'll be 38 years old, and then I'm quickly right after him at 37. So, <laughs> Turtles and I in the merry month of May. Yep. So, do something special for Turtles that day. I don't know. Yeah, go down to your local comic book shop and ask them when free comic book day is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll say, come back in two days, kid. All right, the big news, the reason why you listen to this podcast is... Oh, that the... last Ronin stuff was just fluff. <laughs> yeah, that was just fluff. <laughs> that was build up to this. <laughs> uh, but finally, after almost two years since the show ended, uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie is finally coming to Netflix in August uh, on the 5th. So August 5th, you can go watch Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which should pair nicely because season one of Rise is going to be dropping on May 31st with the rumor that season two will be dropping in July, maybe June, July. So you'll be able to catch up on the show entirely uh, right before the movie drops. Cool. But if you don't have that, time to waste you can go on to paramount plus right now and watch both seasons so the official blurb for the movie is leo raf donnie and mikey face their greatest challenge when a mysterious stranger arrives from the future and the ninja turtles must fight to save the world from a terrifying alien species the krang bum, bum, bum. one a so, or two a's uh one a ah okay so the Krang were kind of hinted at in the finale with the uh, um, statue that they were fighting on in the finale. So that'll be kind of cool. And also in Shredder's flashback, it was heavily implied that a Krang gave Shredder the demon armor that turned him into Shredder. Yeah. Um, Wish they'd call him Utram. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think... It's weird that they don't, isn't it? It, it, it yeah. is weird that they don't. Um, I think... I think they're going to stick with this in like the more kid focused properties uh, stick with calling them Krang. I mean, cause honestly for a long time, I didn't even know how to pronounce Utram. So you didn't watch the 2003 series. No, I'm, I'm talking before the 2003 series. I didn't know how to pronounce Utram. Oh, okay. It was a <laughs> Yeah. It was, it was Utram. Utram. 
the truth. So, um, but what really caught my interest about this is a mysterious stranger arrives from the future. And, oh, and I think we all know what certain mysterious stranger comes from the future. Tokum hair. As much as I want you to be right, my friend. <laughs> as much as I want you to be right. And I appreciate you placating me there. Uh, no, Renette, obviously. Obviously. So uh, I'm really, if, if, if they pulled Renette into this, that would be amazing. That would be cool. I'm, I'm spitballing here. I'm hoping that is Renette. I don't know anything, but man, that would be, a, that would be so cool. You gonna write that down too. That way. Well, that's not wrong, a, that's not an official guess. That is that is a speculation. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. August fifth, you said. August fifth on Netflix. Okay. So that is. What day is that dropping? What day is August fifth? Um. It's August a Friday. 5th. Oh hell yeah! Taking the day off work. So if that's all the news, Spencer, what are we doing next week? So we're going to take a break for a week. We're uh, doing nothing. Yeah. For a show. Uh, we'll be for, uh, from the show. But next week, we'll be uh, coming back in. The week after, I should say. We'll be coming back in with episodes 16 and 17 of the 1987 series. So, Bebop and Rocksteady conquer the universe and Raphael meets his match for those two episodes. Yeah. So yeah, only two episodes. Who's not going to be here that week? It's me. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm having a baby. Oh, that's right. Keith is having a baby. Everybody, congratulate Keith on having a baby. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. And if he doesn't, I'm writing this down. If he doesn't have a baby by next week, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any penalties for him. But (laughs) my wife will be more miserable. Yeah. There you go. That's your penalty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. It's a self-sustaining penalty. Don't you worry. You won't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you again for checking out uh, our show. Let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought of The Last Ronin. Uh, wish Keith a happy fatherhood as he is gone for that week. And then also, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But guys, thank you again. Ninja Turtle PH on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we love you. Take care of yourselves. We will miss you next week. Uh, And yeah. Cool. That's our show this week. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Not too shabby, Casey. opened up a page <laughs> the first page <laughs> just a page <laughs> i think uh man i i might go through just like read this whole thing again we'll see i think i will i also have a whole nother stack of like
comics though that well digital comics a, a figurative stack of digital comics to read through oh yeah i can i can read the first uh um <laughs> sorry i just saw stupid sorry i just saw stupid tweet <laughs> there's a text message between somebody and says you can't be goth and southern at the same time and somebody sent a picture back of rogue from x-men evolution <laughs> says, I bet you feel really stupid right now. <laughs> uh, that's that's funny. Um, I just remember uh, as I was talking about it in our Discord, um, which I forgot to plug during the end. So if you're listening to the bonus content, hey, we got a Discord. Um, go check it out because it's fun. Yeah. I think there's like 10 of us in there now. Yeah, there's something like that. I haven't really looked, but we've we've had some good conversations in here. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, but uh, we were talking to uh, I, I was I just posted in the in the comics channel that uh, the first three issues of Ronin are available in Comicsology Unlimited if you have that account. Ah, nice, cool. So, uh, yeah. So, who wants to which issue or episode for next time? I would like... Oh, go ahead, Spencer. I, I can't remember, so I was going to let you pick. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, please. Okay, then I'll take the Raphael one. Cool, cool. Spencer, you sound like maybe your cold medicine is wearing off. Yeah, I've been I've been just like throwing in cough drops this whole time and like doing everything I can to <laughs> not sound like I have a cough drop in my mouth. All right, well then, uh, let's not torture you any further. Yeah. Um, have a good uh, vacation with the missus. Yeah, happy dude. anniversary. Have a good one. Dude, happy giving birth day. I know. <laughs> well, it's gonna be, I know. It's going to be so long till we talk to you again, Keith. Oh, man. I'm not at all uh, in any sort of panic spiral or anything. <laughs> I'm not looking around my house like, oh, wow. Why do I keep all my sharp objects so low? Hey, don't oh, the <laughs> have electrical hell has always been uncovered yeah it isn't baby proofing your house it's house proofing your baby you know yeah exactly right yeah easier to nerf the baby than the <laughs> entire house yeah yeah i the issue is that like most of my parenting skills come from homer simpson so like i've already yeah. thought about drawing bunnies on the electrical outlets you know and then marge is like she's not afraid of bunnies he's like oh she will be <laughs> <laughs> i've been on a tear with simpsons episodes lately like man like i love season eight that, yeah. is, that is that is a good season yeah it is a really good season is that the one with hank scorpio is he in that season uh oh i can't remember i was watching it might be the, seven uh, i was watching the uh bart versus australia episode oh yeah such a good episode uh, spencer how many years are you celebrating three nice three, mm. three whole years crazy that's good my wife and i had five last year this is actually uh this year will be our 10th anniversary of when we first met nice. oh nice we're on we did 10 last year so this year's 11 nice yeah yep yeah i stalked my wife through her friend's facebook page mm. and then when i was uh i used to be an action figure consultant at the store they used to work at and she walked in and we started flirting and the rest is history there you go it's a modern modern day romeo and juliet (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, yeah, her uh, her friend hated him, hated us uh, together, and she we don't talk to that friend anymore. Oh, oh, there you go. All right, I'm getting off here. We'll see y'all in two, three weeks, whenever. Take yep. care of yourself. See we'll you see too, you. buddy. You guys too. Bye. Bye. Bye.